This is Fearless Rebel Radio, a podcast about body positivity, self-worth, anti-dieting, and feminism. I am your host, Summer Inanen, a professionally trained coach specializing in body image, self-worth, and confidence, and the best-selling author of Body Image Remix. If you're ready to break free of societal standards and stop living behind the number on your scale, then you have come to the right place. Welcome to the show. This is episode 96, and I am revisiting and redoing the very first episode of this podcast to talk about the difference between body esteem and self-worth, what we can learn from our bad body days, and five questions to help you work through moments of body shame. You can find all the links and resources mentioned in this episode at summerinanen.com forward slash 96. That's 96. First, big shout outs to Delaveris, who left this amazing review. Summer is so real and has great guests. She has been one of the biggest helps on my self-love journey. Thank you so much, Delaveris. Shout out to you. If you haven't already done so, I would greatly appreciate it if you went to iTunes to leave a review for this show. Leaving a review helps others to find the information that you're learning here, and I just love hearing from you. So you can do that by going to iTunes, searching for Fearless Rebel Radio, then click Ratings and Reviews, and click to leave a review or give it a rating. You can also just head to summerinanen.com forward slash review to find a direct link to that. And while you're there, make sure you pick up a copy of the free 10-Day Body Confidence Makeover. You can go to summerinanen.com forward slash freebies. See, I can't even say my own name. How do I expect others to say my name properly? (laughs) With 10 steps to take right now to feel better in your body. Here's a fun fact for you. My maiden name is Valily. So I've always had super confusing (laughs) names that are incredibly hard to pronounce and spell. And sometimes I joke around that I should have hyphenated my name to Summer Valily Inanin when I got married just to fuck people up. Anyways, go to summerinanin.com or just go to thebodyimagecoach.com if you can't spell any of that (laughs) to get the 10-Day Body Confidence Makeover and to leave a review for this show. All right, let's get started. I wanted to redo the first episode of this show. And most of the time when popular shows rehash old material, it's a sign that they couldn't come up with anything new. And it's a sign that they're quote unquote jumping the shark. Kind of like in the recent season of Bloodline where they wasted an entire episode on a dream sequence. And so, hey, if you're into Bloodline, (laughs) just a little little viewer hint for you, skip that episode because there's actually nothing that comes out of it and it's incredibly boring. Unless you like it, that's cool. No judging. But if you're a fan of Bloodline like I am, it was an hour that I'll never get back in my life. (laughs) So, okay, that's um, segue done there. Why I'm redoing this episode is not to rehash old material, but because the first episode of this podcast is shockingly, the most listened to episode of this show. And I did it over three years ago. And it's been making me cringe quite a bit because there's some tone deaf language in it and it wasn't sitting well with me. And I also feel like I can add a lot more depth to that conversation now because I've learned so much. I've worked with I don't know, so many more people, hundreds, potentially more since I originally launched that episode of the podcast. And I want to provide you with something that I feel is going to equip you to navigate this work even better. So I'm not, I'm not deleting that episode. It's actually just going to get edited with this audio. 
but I wanted to take this opportunity to provide you with episode 96 as a redo of it, because I think it's such an important topic that deserves more context. So let's talk about what we're going to we're even going to be talking about in case you don't remember the first episode, which <laughs> I kind of hope you don't. The first episode explored the difference between body esteem and self-esteem. I talked about why your quote unquote, I feel gross days are a good thing. So the overall theme of today is going to stay the same, but I'm going to talk about the difference between self-esteem and self-worth, why I talk about self-worth now instead of self-esteem, the importance of self-compassion, why self-worth and body image are interconnected, what our bad body days are telling us and how to detach our emotions from our body image, and five questions you can ask yourself to help you work through these moments. In the recent past, there has been a big increase in the body acceptance movement, which is awesome, but often this only addresses one piece of the puzzle, body esteem or body confidence, you know, the way that we feel about our body. And having body esteem is great, but body esteem only touches on a fraction of the puzzle as it relates to the way that we feel about ourselves. One slice of the pizza, if you will, because anytime I can bring a pizza metaphor into my work, I will do so. So I want to unpack that today. I want to unpack why body esteem is only a fraction of the puzzle and how we can expand to look at the whole pizza and the pizza being self-worth. Before I do that, I highly recommend listening to episode 79, which is Body Image and Body Positivity 101, where I talk about what it means to have a good body image. I'm going to try to avoid repeating that content. So if you haven't listened to it, I definitely think it's one of the more important episodes to check out. So it's number 79, and I'll link to it in the show notes. Let's start by talking about the difference between self-esteem and self-worth, because we often hear the words self-worth, self-esteem, self-love, and body confidence being thrown around in the same regard. And they're different, so I want to decipher the difference between these, specifically self-worth and self-esteem. Self-worth is often used as a synonym for self-esteem, and in fact, if you Google self-worth, the dictionary definition just says self-esteem. However, you know, as I dig more into that, or as I have dug more into that, and especially the work of Dr. Kristen Neff, who wrote the book Self-Compassion. She does a really good job talking about the differences between these two things in her work. So as I've dug more into it, I've really been able to notice and see the difference between these, these things and notice how important it is to distinguish between these things. There's a psychologist named Dr. Christina Hibbert, and I'll link to her article in the show notes. Her definition of self-worth is, self-worth is a deep knowing that I am of value, that I am lovable, necessary to this life, and of incomprehensible worth, end quote. I love that definition because it really shows how self-worth is an intrinsic belief that we are valuable and we are worthy. And it is not dependent on our skills, our achievements, our traits, or what other people think of us. Whereas self-esteem is often based on those external factors. For example, building a certain skill set or achieving something. And that's why I think the hyper-focus on self-esteem doesn't necessarily lead to self worth. Self-worth is not reliant on external factors. The way that I look at it in my work in terms of helping women to realize their worth is by helping them to know who they are and helping them 
to know that who they are is worthy and valuable. And I'm not going to go into the details around the different pieces to that. So take this as a very simplified definition of self-worth. I could do an entire episode talking about the difference between self-worth and self-esteem. So I'm just trying to keep it really brief today. And the other thing that I'll add here, which I which is really important, is that when we're talking about self-worth, we have to talk about self-compassion. The practice of self-compassion is integral to building self-worth. So definitely check out Dr. Kristen Neff's book, Self-Compassion. If you haven't, it's absolutely one of my favorites. It was a game changer for me. It's been a game changer for a lot of my clients. And she's a very, very well respected individual in that in that space. But the reason I bring this up is because you can have body confidence and body esteem. But it's not gonna stick if self worth is lacking, it's going to be dependent on external factors like praise, or your body size, and will ebb and flow with those. And we don't want our worth to be dependent on our body confidence or our body esteem. We want to just know that we are valuable and worthy from the inside, regardless of the way that we look. And so that's why to truly feel comfortable in your body, you have to address self-worth to really make it long-lasting and stick. And that doesn't mean that you're going to like look in the mirror and think, oh my God, I'm so beautiful. But it's just going to mean you look at yourself and you know, I'm enough as I am. And you're not going to feel crushed if you don't like the way that you look one day. And you're not going to feel dependent on liking the way that you look. So I hope that that clears it up. But let's dive further into why self-worth and body image are interconnected and why focusing strictly on body esteem or confidence misses a big chunk of the puzzle. So when I first started doing this work, I was very much focused on understanding body image and body esteem and helping clients specifically with that. What I've realized is that once women got to a place of feeling neutral in their bodies, there were still feelings of I'm not good enough. And my personal experience was very similar to this too. I worked really hard on body acceptance, but then these beliefs of I'm not good enough kept popping up in other areas of my life. They transferred from my body into other aspects, whether it was doubting myself in terms of my relationships with friends or doubting the work that I was putting out into the world. And it was kind of like a -a whack-a-mole, like it kept just popping up in other areas. And that was all hidden before because I was so fixated on my body. So it was very powerful for me to, you know, peel back that initial layer of, of body shame and start to feel more neutral in my body because it allowed me to kind of see the stuff that was looming underneath. But now when I work with clients, I like to help them see the stuff that's looming underneath from the get go so we can work from the inside out. And in my own personal experience, that underlying feeling of not feeling good enough was always deflected onto my body. But like I said, once I had done the initial body image work, that started to become really clear. And that's when I knew I really needed to work on identifying who I was outside of my appearance and like really identifying my values and what's important to me and reinforcing a belief that I'm valuable and worthy through both, you know, my own self-talk, compassionate self-talk, as well as behaviors in my life. And that's pretty much what I do with women when I work with them. But um, okay, back to the topic at hand. I've noticed the correlation between hating your body and generally feeling 
inadequate or unimportant to this world, which is why in a lot of cases, even when people have lost weight, they still don't feel good about themselves because those beliefs aren't changing. So what's happening is that in a lot of circumstances, when we're fixated on our body, it's because we've been using this as a way to measure our worthiness, which is no surprise given our beauty-obsessed society in which women are told that their worth comes from their appearance. You know, in our culture, having a more desirable appearance is a way to alleviate feelings of inadequacy and inferiority. So it's no surprise that we've been conditioned to believe that if we look a certain way, we're going to feel more adequate, we're going to feel more superior. So it's not your fault if you if you think that way. That's what we've been conditioned to believe. We've been conditioned to believe that our desirability dictates our destiny. And again, this is all stuff I talked about in episode 83, so check that out if you haven't. But what happens after that initial layer of body hate gets peeled off is we're still left with these feelings of inferiority and inadequacy if we haven't dealt with them. And that's what I want to kind of dive into a little bit further today is how to help you to get to that deeper layer to identify some of those thoughts and feelings that you have about yourself. So let's put this into uh, context to illustrate how these things tie together. You can probably relate to this kind of an experience. You look in the mirror or see a picture of yourself and you feel a pang of shame, sadness, or panic. And I'm strictly talking about emotional discomfort in this moment, physical discomfort in your body, whether that is from chronic illness or pain, or because you're wearing clothes that are too small is different. And that's important to acknowledge. We're strictly talking about emotional discomfort here. I'm talking about the moments of shame, frustration, panic, sadness that you feel when you've seen your body and you have negative self-talk about your body. These feelings, and particularly those feelings of shame, are born out of beliefs about ourselves that there is something wrong with us. And we assume that it's our body that's the problem. So what we're going to get to in a second is how to start to decode that and how to start to identify some of the beliefs that we're holding on to that are causing us to project it onto our body. But first, I just want to do a segue into the language that we use to talk about our feelings. Often I'll hear people say, quote unquote, I feel fat. And I want to address this right off the bat. I don't even like saying it in the context of an example here. First of all, fat is not a feeling. Ugly, big, gross, not feelings either. It's really important to start to question the language that you're using and specifically language around body size to describe feelings. We need to stop using that kind of language to describe how we feel because it's not going to help you change your body image. It's reinforcing fat phobic beliefs. So anytime you say something like, I feel big, you're reinforcing that big is bad. Any other synonym of big will apply here too. And so take away from this that you have to eliminate that kind of association in order to heal your body image. You won't be able to heal your body image if you're continuing to reinforce fat phobic beliefs. You're just going to stay on a hamster wheel. So in a world, let's just say in a world where fat was just fat and thin was just thin and they were simply neutral descriptors, how do you think that would impact the way that you feel about your weight and body? It would probably make a big difference, right? That's why I'm always on my clients to change their language and to speak about how they're really feeling. As I said, fat, big, they're just neutral descriptors. 
you know, another segue here. We're going segue to segue here. Often I'll see the meme that says, you aren't fat, you have fat, just like you have fingernails or whatever it says. This is a problem because again, it feeds this belief that fat is bad and should be avoided and that it's shameful to be fat. Fat activists have worked really hard to reclaim the word fat as a descriptor, similar to short or tall. And if you've been listening to this podcast, you'll see that fat gets used in this way. To deny the use of this word as a descriptor denies the work that's been put into reclaiming it and also reinforces the shameful charge that it has in our fatphobic society. So I will always encourage you to either neutralize that word for yourself or if you identify as a fat individual to reclaim it. So that segue is complete. I hope I explained that. I just needed to address that meme (laughs) that always comes up about comparing fat to fingernails. I'm going to come back to the reason why I don't like words like gross or ugly to be used as feelings is because they're not feelings either. There's always a deeper meaning there. And when we can get to that deeper meaning, it gives us more power to be able to change the way we talk to ourselves and offer ourselves compassion. So If you're using words like gross or ugly, it's probably because you might be feeling shameful because you're feeling unattracted, you're attractive, you're feeling rejected, you're feeling scared because your life feels uncertain. There's a ton of other things that that's a metaphor for. And so what we're going to do in this podcast is help you to try to identify what the real meaning is when you're using words like that. But step number one, I would say is like, catch yourself and don't use those words. And start to really ask yourself, like, what meaning am I attaching to those words and change the language that you use? So two questions to help you dig into this further that you can ask yourself are, number one, what am I really feeling? So label the emotion. And this is really important to helping you process feelings and detach it from your weight. There's a really good illustration from uh, the Instagram account, meandmyed.art. She makes really cool illustrations depicting just emotional intelligence as it relates to eating disorder recovery and things of that nature. But she's got one that has, it's like a wheel of emotions. And it's to help you to identify like what you're really feeling when you say something like I feel quote unquote fat, which I hate using in this context. So please know I'm just using it as an example and that I would never want anyone to say that to themselves. So I will link to that in the show notes because it's really cool and helpful. So that's question number one, just identify what am I really feeling? And two, what does my body represent to me in this moment? And that can be really helpful to start getting your wheels turning as like, what am I making my body out to mean? You know, our bodies have been made out to mean so many different things in this culture. And being able to start to identify what meaning we've attached to it is going to give you so much more power to change the way you feel about yourself. So when I ask my clients this, when I ask them, you know, what does your body represent in this moment, they'll say things like, I'm a failure, or I'm lazy, or I'm unhealthy, or I'm unattractive. And these are all horrible things that our body has become a metaphor for. I think it's really important to question where these associations come from. This is a little bit of another segue. There's a lot of segues in this episode. (laughs) Hopefully you can follow along. Here's another segue. (laughs) It's really important to question where these associations come from, because you weren't born thinking this way. So get a little angry and question it. Like, who fucking says that your body represents failure or that laziness or unhealthy or unattractive? Like, who? Diet culture? The beauty industry? Fucking Dr. Oz? Like, fuck all those people. Allow yourself to get a little angry to question where these messages have come from in order to fire up the little rebel in you to say, screw that. I want to create new beliefs for myself. 
I want to buck the system. I want to break free of this oppressive system that I've been participating in unknowingly for most of my life. Okay, that segue is complete and we're back from commercial break. So when I ask my clients things like, okay, what does your body, what are you making your body to represent in this moment? You know, I'll just kind of keep digging into what that really means for them. And often underneath, it's some kind of fear, for example, a fear of being rejected, some manifestation of a belief that they're not good enough. And so buried underneath our body image is often a deeper belief about ourselves that we've attached to our appearance. And it's really important to understand that because it's going to be easier for you to offer yourself compassion. So let's take a step back and look at a really simplified version of how this chain of events works. You are not born into this world hating your body. You are born into this world as a badass. You know you're good enough. Look at a baby. Babies know that they are good enough. What happens is we start to get messages that our most important asset is our appearance, that this is our currency to receive praise and love in order to fit in, in order to protect ourselves from emotional discomfort. We have to look a certain way and that we always need to be striving to fix ourselves in order to meet that ideal. So you've most likely been indoctrinated with that from the media and possibly other experiences that you've had with family, friends, and others that reinforce this in you. So over time, our worth gets chipped away and our body becomes a metaphor for this belief that we're not good enough. And we think that if we can just fix our body, everything will be fine. So our emotions become enmeshed with our body image and everywhere we look, that's normalized and reinforced in our culture. So to unpack that and detach our emotions from our body and really start to believe in ourselves and know that our worth doesn't come from the way that we look, we have to get to the root of what our beliefs are and what our fears are. And that's a really individual thing that I explore when I'm working with clients. And so if you're feeling stuck around it, I encourage you to work with someone, especially if you feel like you understand this stuff intellectually, but you're not actually seeing things shift by doing this work on your own. So ultimately, I want you to be able to look in the mirror and not have an emotional reaction to the way that you look. Because if your appearance wasn't connected to your worth, like if you believed that you were worthy and valuable just as you are, what do you think would be different about your reaction to your reflection? If you knew you were good enough just as you are, you'd most likely be able to look in the mirror and be pretty neutral about your body. You might like parts of it or you might not, but it wouldn't be so emotionally charged. The last thing I want to cover here is that our bad body days are signs that we need to tune in versus check out with dieting or thoughts about dieting. So if you take anything away from this, it's to question the negative thoughts that you have about your body and dig into them a little deeper. More often than not, when we are feeling shame or disdain about our body, we are actually experiencing some other kind of emotional discomfort, perhaps in our life or just about ourselves. But we divert this onto our body and it becomes, our bodies become metaphors for our feelings. Smaller equals positive, larger equals bad. And like I said, that's reinforced by societal standards. It takes a lot of practice to slow down, identify your emotions, and get to the root of what you're really feeling and what you really need to feel better. Because dieting is not what you really need to feel better. It is so much easier to say, my body is a problem, and if I can just get it under control this week, everything will be okay, which is bullshit. We need to look at what's really going on in ourselves, in our bodies, in our minds. 
you know, dieting might make us feel better in the short term. It might give us that little hit of feeling like we're in control, that little hit of dopamine of like, oh, everything's going to be better soon. But it doesn't address the root of the problem. And all this shit is going to be kicking around underneath the surface if you're ignoring it. So it's really important to start to tag and decode the moments where you feel bad about your appearance because it's a red flag that there's some other area of your life that needs attention. So questioning what you're really thinking and feeling and what you're making your body to represent can be a helpful place to start because what we really need is to offer ourselves compassion and to reinforce that we are good enough, but that's hard to do when you're convinced that your body is the problem. You put yourself in a much more empowering place when you can see that your body is not a problem and that you don't need to be fixed. You need to give yourself some love and attention. Think of your bad body days or moments like a kid coming to you and tugging on your arm and saying, I'm really hurting today. What would you say to that kid? You wouldn't tell the kid to go and starve or shut up unless you really just don't like children, which is totally a personal decision. But in that case, maybe substitute, I don't know, puppy or something. But you'd want the kid to talk about it. And then you'd offer them love and comfort. Right? Right? That's what I want you to do to yourself. So I want you to think about like a bad body moment as a little kid inside of you coming to you and tugging on your arm and saying, hey, I'm feeling a certain way. Like I need some attention here. Something's something's popped up. So we want to be tuning into that instead of diverting our attention away to thinking our body is the problem and thinking that dieting is going to fix it because your body is not a problem. You do not need to be fixed. Say that with me. My body is not a problem. I do not need to be fixed. Uh, Let me just backtrack for a moment. For those of you that perhaps took that comment about not liking kids seriously, I was being really sarcastic there. (laughs) Okay, just wanted to point that out in case anyone's taking that literally and starting to write scathing reviews about me. One other thing I want to mention here is I wrote this post a while ago called emotional diet. Uh, let's Let's stop talking about emotional eating and start talking about emotional dieting. I think that's what it was called. I'll link to it in the show notes. And really, it was about this idea of emotional dieting and emotional weight fixation and how, you know, we're so concerned about emotional eating. But what I see more often than not is emotional dieting stemming from emotional weight fixation. So dieting and hating our bodies are so normalized and widely encouraged in our culture that we don't even recognize that these are things we turn to for comfort and to soothe our emotions. Emotional weight fixation is when we become preoccupied with our weight to comfort ourselves. And same thing, like emotional dieting is when we're using dieting or the idea of dieting or planning dieting or the fantasy of dieting to soothe ourselves and to fix our feelings. And it's another reason why dieting is so addictive. So I wanted to just pull that into this episode because I think, again, it's it's easier to, for us to think that our weight is a problem than for us to face difficult emotions like rejection, loneliness, anxiety, hurt, shame, and fear of the unknown. For me personally, and, and what I've seen a lot in working with women is that we use dieting as like an emotional soothing tactic. We use weight fixation as an emotional soothing tactic because addressing some of the more difficult feelings or things that are going on in our life are icky. It's hard. Who wants to feel hard feelings? It's much easier to think that your your body is a problem and that cutting carbs is going to fix it. So I encourage you to look at your fixation on weight and your fixation on dieting as potential emotional avoidance. 
So wrapping things up here, how can we use this information to improve our body image and self-worth? How can you use this information? I'd be curious to know, actually. But I'll tell you what I think. First, this is all about awareness. So just starting to, you know, notice our bad body moments as red flags that something in us needs attention and starting to decode our feelings about our body to address what we're really thinking about ourselves or what we're really experiencing that's causing us to fixate on our body and our weight. And I've created a worksheet with five questions that you can ask yourself in moments of body shame to help you work through the things that we talked about here. Those five questions are, what am I really feeling? What is my body representing to me in this moment? What am I believing about myself? What words of compassion and comfort can I offer myself? And what can I do to show myself that I matter? Those last two questions are key because they're all about offering yourself compassion. Because to have the awareness of like what's really going on is one thing, but to offer yourself compassion, like that's where change really happens. That's where we're making deposits into our self-worth by actively and intentionally starting to change the way that we talk to ourselves and comfort ourselves and be and showing ourselves that we matter. So whether that's by using positive or com- compassionate self-talk, I should say, I don't like positive self-talk. I think compassionate self-talk is is better. Talking to someone you trust, reaching out for help, doing some form of of self-care, you know, any of any of those of those things in there. And obviously, like we could have a whole other conversation on, you know, what are things that you can do to comfort yourself and what are things you can say to yourself to comfort yourself. But I'm going to leave that question with you for you to come up with some ideas for yourself. So definitely head to summerinandin.com forward slash 96, where you can download this, that free worksheet with those questions to go along with this episode and to help you work through this. All right. So that's a redo in the books. This is replacing episode one. Yay. Uh, I'd love to know your thoughts on this, what you took away from this, how you're going to use this information. So you can head on into my Facebook group and join the conversation there and just leave me a comment and let me let me know or tag me on Instagram or tweet me or any of those things. I, I always respond. Thank you so much for listening. There's so much more that I could talk about as it relates to this. And that's why I wrote a course on it. So <laughs> but um, I'll, you know, I'll save some more of this stuff for upcoming podcasts. If you want to take this further yourself, definitely check out different ways that we can work together and specifically the Rock Your Body program, which you can get more details about at rockyourbodynow.com. But in the meantime, go download the worksheet at summerinandin.com forward slash 96. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you next time. Rock on. Bye.